You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, I'm going to discuss anxiety and panic attacks and give you, the listener, specific tools to help you cope with anxiety and panic attacks. And as usual, I'm also going to be giving away a free hypnosis guide to all the listeners. Stay tuned. Hmm, Your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is going on, people? David Wright here, the Motor City Hypnotist, back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. We are here in the podcast Detroit Northfield Studios, as usual. It's getting to be a habit. Yes, it is. Finally. With me again is my producer, Matt Fox. Hey, happy to be here for you, sir. Awesome. I appreciate the help. Yeah. Let Let me tell listeners where they can find me. Please. Find me on my website at MotorCityHypnotist.com. Uh, on that website, you can also access my store shop page where we have a lot of different products, uh, specifically hypnosis MP3s, ebooks, uh, some other items such as marketing tools, um, a lot of good stuff there. So take that, take a look at that and, and I'm sure you'll find something that you can use. And you can also find me on social media. I'm on Facebook at Motor City Hypnotist, YouTube, Motor City Hypnotist, on Twitter at Motor City Hypno, and also on Instagram, Motor City Hypno. And if you would like to contribute financially to the show and also get some cool stuff, um, right now in the store, we have a coffee mug, a t-shirt, um, patrons also get early access to episodes, uh, and videos, uh, that are that are posted later. So yeah, if you want to contribute financially, you get some free stuff, and uh, it helps us to to run the show and keep doing what we're doing. So again, any donations there would be greatly appreciated, and uh, you get some cool stuff. It's not for me though. No, it's not for you. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, not directly. No, no. I, I will give you a coffee mug, though, Matt. Aw, yeah, you could use that. <laughs> I can always use you could coffee. use that. Use that for your uh, for your man cave show or, or the the uh, bourbon show. You know the man cave happy. All right, you know what? That's not coffee in my coffee mug. I I, just... I didn't expect so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I, I I just kind of I kind of had a thought. Yeah, that it was not. <laughs> so yeah, you can find me on Patreon if you would like to contribute. And again, as always, in every episode, I want to offer everybody a free hypnosis guide, and you can find the link to that in the show notes, uh, wherever you listen. And you can also find that either on uh, my YouTube and also on Facebook. That link will be there as well. Nice. And wherever you're listening to the show, wherever it is, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, subscribe subscribe and and leave a review because again reviews are great and i'd like to hear what people are thinking and and kind of what they want to hear from from upcoming shows so yeah leave a rating uh subscribe and uh leave a review 
And you can also join me each week as I co-host the Psyched by MG podcast. And as a matter of fact, if you're watching live right now, that one is up in about an hour and a half. So uh, you can pop into that one as soon as we're done here. Awesome. Awesome. So this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast is brought to you by Banner Season. Online marketing is saturated and people rarely open their emails. Are you in sales or does your business market to customers? How do you connect with family, friends, and clients? Banner Season takes your marketing into the real world by delivering kindness and thoughtfulness directly to your clients physically. Imagine the excitement of your family, friends, and customers as they receive personalized cards and gifts in their mailboxes. Go to bannerseason.com slash fantastic and begin today to express kindness and make connections with others. So we thank them for that sponsorship. And um, as usual, we, we have a winner of the week this week, and Matt. I know we've had it every week, but... You know, these are my, these are some of my favorite winners. But we do... We, yeah, a lot of them are great. So we'll start off winner, with winner of the week. That's how winning is done. All right, th- this is a cool one just because and, and I don't know why, maybe it's a coincidence, but it it seems like I'm focusing on old people a lot recently with winner of the week. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, All right. I, I you know, I I'm not uh, you know, I'm not downing the young people, but maybe okay. the old people are just doing better things. Right. So that, that's a that's a fair statement, yeah. fair and true statement. I mean, yes. it, it could very well be. So yeah, I'm not discriminating against you, young people. Just do something deserving of being a winner, and I'll, I'll get you out here. <laughs> so this, this I, I really like this story. Um, so the title of the story is for his 100th birthday, a World War II veteran is walking a hundred miles to raise money for coronavirus relief. So this is it's a quick blurb. So let me read through this really quick. A World War II veteran from Minnesota is celebrating his hundredth birthday with an act of kindness that will help feed thousands of people in his community. Mickey Nelson, ninety nine, ninety nine years old, Go, is walking a hundred miles through his small city of Clark's Grove in an initiative he has named Walking to One Hundred. Nelson, who turns one hundred on June twenty seventh which actually has already passed. So he is now a hundred. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. (laughs) You blow my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Said he was inspired to walk to raise money for coronavirus relief after reading the story on war veteran, Tom Moore, who raised more than $37.4 million by walking 100 laps around his garden. Instead of walking laps, Nelson is walking miles to mark his 100th birthday. Since beginning his walk in May, Nelson has raised over $42,000, all which go to the Salvation Army's feeding and emergency programs. Here's a quote from Mickey. During the years of the Depression, they had soup lines and other ways for people to get food, and that stood out to me because I've been lucky to always have food on the table, Nelson told CNN. (laughs) So Mickey, Mickey Nelson, that is definitely our winner of the week. Well done, Mickey. How winning is done. That's right. Mickey, Mickey is definitely a winner. That's for sure. Fantastic. So today, folks, we're going to be talking about something that I think everyone has dealt with at one time or another. 
and and probably to different differing degrees, but we're talking about anxiety and panic attacks. Um, I, I I know myself. I can I can admit I've I've did, dealt with anxiety, and and sometimes it has affected me the way I think. Sometimes I can't sleep. So so I think this has affected a lot of people, and 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 the the big thing I want to say is that it, it's it's a fairly common thing, but I'm in no, in no way minimizing it. But what I want you to know is that that many people deal with this, so it's not anything to be ashamed of or or be embarrassed to talk about. Because again, I, th- I think everyone deals with it, and w- and when we get into this, you're going to know that you're not alone. So let me give you just a few statistics on anxiety. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental mental disorders in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States, age 18 and older or 18.1% of the population every year. Anxiety disorders are highly treatable, yet only 36.9% of those suffering receive treatment. People with an an anxiety disorder are three to five times more likely to go to the doctor and six times more likely to be hospitalized than those who do not suffer from anxiety disorders. And anxiety disorders develop from a complex set of risk factors, including genetics, brain chemistry, personality, and life events. Now, now that fourth one, th- those are just some kind of some facts just to kind of take in and, and kind of, of, of just, just think about those. But, but this last one is the one I'm going to start with because, again, it, there's a lot of risk factors and, or, or causes for people to have anxiety. Again, things like genetics and brain chemistry could contribute. Without getting into the very technical medical terms, our brains function. I, I I like to use the the example of a you know a combustion engine with spark plugs. Mm-hmm. The fuel goes in, the spark plug lights it, it 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 the spark jumps from one thing to another, and that ignites the the gasoline in the chamber. So think of your brain as 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 the, what are they? Their brain synapses, and think of those those synapses as just being very close, but they're not touching. And neurotransmitters in our brains jump from one synapsis to the other. That's brain activity. Mm. A lot of times people, either physiologically or genetically, have too much neurotransmitter or sometimes it's too active. Hmm. Okay. And that makes their brains overactive. Why, well, I can't, why I can't sleep like right away at night? Yes. So but, my brain doesn't shut down. Right. Yeah. And, and many people have that. I know I've mentioned that in prior podcasts that a lot of times you're just exhausted and you lie down to go to sleep, but the brain just won't shut off. It just it just keeps going. Um, so a lot of it is physiological. A lot of it is happening. But here, are the and, and, and there are ways to deal with that including medication. Again, some of the most common prescriptions for anxiety are Xanax and Clonopin. Um, but that's in a class of medication called benzos. And again, I don't want to get into the whole medical side, but, but those are the things that are typically prescribed for anxiety. Of course, as a therapist, and when I'm working with clients, I always want medication to be the last resort. I, I don't want to just say, okay, here's a pill, you'll be better. Right. Because, and, and I'll be honest, over 29 years, most of the time, we can deal with depression without using medication. Again, if you follow the steps and information that I give you. And then the other ones, the, the other two things in that last um, uh, fact that I mentioned were personality and life events. And I think these are the, are the biggest cr- contributors to anxiety. Uh, 
people who are um, type A personalities mm. or driven or they're always working stuff out in their brain. I like to call them thinkers. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But sometimes that brain is overactive and it just takes over. And then, and then it goes from overthinking to worrying and that causes anxiety because you're, you're fearful of what might happen rather than just tackling what's in front of you. Right. And again, life events, you know, if you have a, if you, I'm sure. Okay. So I'll, I'll bring up a personal example and this does cause me a little bit of anxiety. I have a, I have a son who just graduated high school. He is going to school in the fall at Wayne state university. Mm. So part of me, if I sat back and I'm, I'm kind of realistic about it, knows that he's going to go there to Wayne state for classes and with the whole COVID thing. And I'm not being overreactive, but it's, it's in the back of my mind that, Hmm, I wonder how many people he's going to come in contact with. Right. And, and it's, it's a concern, but, but, when it becomes anxiety is when it just overtakes me. And if that, if, if I focus on that and I can't get it out of my head, that turns into anxiety. And, and that happens to a lot of people regarding life events or situations. So I'm, I'm going to give you a definition of what anxiety is. And this, um, this will kind of, kind of put it into a nutshell. Anxiety is defined as a state of apprehension or fear resulting from the anticipation of a real or imagined threat, event, or situation. It's one of the most common human emotions experienced by people at some point in their lives. However, most people who have never experienced panic attacks or extreme anxiety fail to realize the terrifying nature of the experience. And we're going to hit on on a couple of statements in there. The first thing is anxiety is a response to a danger or threat. I'm sure we've all heard the flight or fight or flight response. Very much so, yes. That is driven. That's a protection. That that that's something that's that's innate in humans to protect them. And this goes back to to cavemen days. You you need some sort of anxiety to protect yourself. So if I were going to go out and cross walking somewhere, and I were going to, I was going to cross a five lane highway. I'm of course going to be a bit anxious because it makes me aware. It makes me aware of my surroundings because if I didn't have any anxiety, <laughs> I would just blindly walk out there without right. without thinking about anything. Right. So so that you have to have a level of anxiety because again that's that's what protects you. What happens is that when it goes beyond protection and becomes a and we go back to habits which we've talked about in prior podcasts when that worry becomes a habit and you can't stop worrying that's when it becomes a problem and and i want to focus on the one statement in there as well anticipation of a real or imagined threat a lot of times we worry about things that may may never happen Hmm. I, I'll I'll bring up a very way out there example. You know, the, the a meteor could hit the Earth. That's could, a possibility. It could, and I'm sure there's probably someone out there who thinks about that every day. Well, you saw that documentary. Worries about you, it. you saw the documentary Armageddon, right? Oh yeah, yeah the documentary. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. That Bruce Willis hosted yeah. the documentary, yes, he, right? Yes, yeah. he did. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, he he was the one who hosted that documentary. So <laughs> uh, that's funny. We were talking about documentaries uh, yesterday, and someone right? else brought up another movie that's just way out there. He called it a documentary. So <laughs> that's that, that was not my own joke. No, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> I, I'm gonna use that for real. Can I try it really quick? Yeah, that that that'll be great. So again, a perceived threat, whether it's it's real or imaginary, can cause you anxiety. And when you when you experience anxiety, here here are the physical symptoms, and I'll hit these real quick: increased adrenaline, increased heart rate, shortness of breath, sweating, feeling dizzy or unstable. These are all physical symptoms that happen when you have extreme anxiety or a panic attack. And I'm going to use those interchangeably for the sake of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Because because a panic attack is extreme anxiety. Mm-hmm. And if you think about this, and I'm going to make this point now before we get into the mental symptoms, increased adrenaline, increased heart rate, shortness of breath, sweating, feeling dizzy or unstable. Those, those sound scary when I read them. Right. But when do you experience these symptoms, these physical symptoms? Can I share? Yes, please. All right, so- Tell me when. <laughs> right. So I get those symptoms anytime I'm getting ready to uh, perform for a financial wellness seminar or, you know, I DJ weddings and events. Anytime right. I'm getting ready for those. Ready to I, perform. Ready to perform. Yes. I start to feel a little bit of that sweaty, that, that anxiety. Yes. I, you know, I, I start to get nervous. Yes. And I, but I use that energy, that, that nervous mm-hmm. energy to do better. What I am performing. And, and that's a great one to bring up, Matt, because a lot of people have a, one of the biggest phobias in the world is fear of speaking in public. Sure. And, and there's a reason because it's a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Boy, that escalated quickly. <laughs> but, but it is. It's a fear of people to be in front and have to perform or talk to people. Mm-hmm. So that is a level of anxiety that you feel. Now, because I'm a performer as well, and I can relate to this, I do get that. Well, I call it nervous energy. Right. Butterflies in the yes, stomach. Yes, butterflies in the stomach. And again, instead of me, because a lot of people will freeze in those situations or they'll just totally like just shut down. And, right. and yeah, I, I'm sure there are plenty of examples of that out on YouTube somewhere, but right. <laughs> like comics bombing or things like that. Right, right, right. But for me, I, again, I, I use it the same way you do. I kind of use it as an energy or as like, like something to drive me. And sometimes I have to pull back on that because I can go too much. I, yeah. I'll let it go too much and mm-hmm. I can, I can be really aggressive. Not, not physically, but right. yeah. Just know, never personality wise, yeah. a little too aggressive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never punched anyone, you know, <laughs> that you know of that. Well, yeah, that I know of. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so, but. But let me, I'm, I'm going to repeat these symptoms again, and I'm going to tell you when you feel this in another situation. Increased adrenaline, increased heart rate, shortness of breath, sweating, feeling dizzy or unstable. We feel all of those things when we work out. Mm, true. And, and, and listen to this. I, this, is, this, is, this is important that you get this. The exact same symptoms happen when you're having a panic attack and when you're working out. So why is it okay and expected in one situation, but yet in the other situation, you feel like you're going to die? And and think about that for a minute. Put that in perspective. If you suffer from panic attacks, all of the symptoms you're experiencing are good symptoms in a different setting. Hmm. If you're working out, you want to sweat. You want your heart rate up. You want that increased adrenaline. Huh. I just, I just had something on the tip of my tongue. Uh-huh. I was like, when you're working out, you want to do it. You have, you have control of when it happens, right? But 
Mm-hmm. On the other token, yep. you don't. And, and, and that's a big, that's a great point because when you don't, when you feel like you're not in charge of it, that's when it becomes scary. Mm. And that's what brings on these mental symptoms that happen during a panic attack. Nice segue. Fear of having a heart attack, fear of passing out, fear of vomiting, mm. fear of embarrassment in a public place. And I'm going to say this one, but this is a real fear, a fear of dying. Mm. When people, people who have experienced panic attacks can tell you they feel like they're going to die. That's what they believe in their mind. And, and I've, I've had clients who've said family members or spouses are like, oh, come on, get over it. You're just being dramatic. But unless you feel that, unless you've experienced that, th- th- there's no way to put that in perspective. It, it's, it, that's what people feel. They feel like they're going to die. Hmm. Why so serious? Right. That, and that, that is, it's what they feel. So I'm going to get into a, a, a couple of a couple of myths regarding these mental symptoms that I hope will help you. One of the first myth is that it's a mental illness, that there's something wrong with you. Now, I, I, I can say there, there's not something inherently wrong with you. You're just thinking about things in, in the incorrect way. So believe it or not, it's a behavioral issue. It's not it's not a mental illness. Hmm. Because this is a habit that you've built over time. This is a habit that you've probably had in, in a lot of cases since childhood. So you've learned to think this way. You feel the way you do because your nervous system is oversensitized. And, and that's just the habit that you've built over time. Hmm. The second myth is that you're in danger. Now, there's never been any documented case that I, that I could, I mean, I, I haven't searched every <laughs> inch of the internet but but there's never been any documented cases of anyone dying from a panic attack right i i'm not saying that that people don't have heart attacks because of worry but but and then in the instance of a panic attack in the middle of that it's not going to harm you we go back to that fight or flight response this is what's supposed to happen it's just that you've you've let it get out of hand mm-hmm. if that makes sense it does yeah and, and I want to assure people, your body's primary goal is to keep you alive and well. There's no, again, nobody's ever died from a panic attack. And, and, and here's, here, this is a little just anecdote. Your body wants to keep you alive. If you don't believe that, try to hold your breath for as long as you can. <laughs> Eventually, your body's going to take over. Right. It won't let you hurt yourself in that way. And, and and this is the biggest myth, and I know that people are going to react. People who experience this are going to be like, you know. God damn it! But panic attacks are not your enemy. They are the result of you misinterpreting the signals your body is sending. Hmm. And, uh, and let's use the phrase false alarm. Think of all the panic attacks you've experienced, and you, you've still been fine afterwards. Granted, you may have been scared. You may have had all those fears. You may have had the the physical symptoms that we mentioned earlier, but you've always been fine afterwards. And I think that's the perspective you have to put it into is that just think of it as a false alarm. When that starts to happen, just think, I'm not in any danger. There's nothing that I should be afraid of. So this is is a false alarm. Hmm. And if you change that perspective, that's going to help you quite a bit. That's fair. Yeah. So I'm going to go into some some tips and strategies. Now, for anyone who's experienced a panic attack, this first one, 
<laughs> the first one, people are just going to... I ain't listening to you no more. Because the first one is deep breathing. Now, anybody who's in the midst of a panic attack is like, hell no, how am I going to deep breathe? Because they had that shortness of breath and everything <clears throat> right. going on, right? And they feel like, they feel like again, it's taking them over and, and they don't have the control. So when I say deep breathing... Anybody who's, who's been in the midst of, a, of an anxiety or panic attack can tell you that's the last thing they're able to do. Okay. Now, if you can, definitely it's going to help you. Um, the other suggestion is refocusing your mind. If you can take your mind out of that situation and focus it on something pleasant or something that, you, you, that makes you feel good, that is definitely going to help. But again, in the midst of a panic attack, it's, it's like somebody who's, in, and I'll put it in a different context. It's like somebody who's in a fit of rage. Mm. Afterwards, they're like, wow, I, I was just seeing red. Right. That your, your mind was just so focused on something you couldn't refocus it. And the third strategy is removing yourself from the situation. Now, that's certainly possible in some instances. But let's, let's say, for example, you're having – I, I just saw a story and I was going to put it – I, I may put it in the show notes anyway. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman who was a news anchor. He had a panic attack on air on live TV. Wow. And there was no escape for him. No. He was there. He couldn't just run away. So in a way, he did remove himself because he just stopped and somebody else just took you – know, right. they went to another anchor. But he admitted afterwards and, and even watching it. You couldn't really tell. I mean, I'm looking, it just looked like he was, like maybe he was out of breath a little bit or mm. was just, you know, nervous. Or thinking. <laughs> yeah. Or so, but he, he, just, he just had to stop. So, but, but my point with all of those things is once you're in the midst of it, these things are going to be very difficult to implement. Hmm. Constantly fighting your feelings is not going to work. And I know we're, I, I, I don't want to run out of time, but I want to get into this next section real quickly. There's a gentleman called Barry McDonough. He's one of the leading experts regarding anxiety and panic attacks. His approach is a little bit counterintuitive, and, and, I, and I like using this when I can. So his method or his suggestion is when you begin to feel that panic attack begin, let it happen. Mm. Don't try to fight it because you're expending energy. It, it's, it's like fighting it will make it worse. So let it happen. And... When it happens, just count backward from 21 to zero. Hmm. Just count backward. Whatever that feeling is, just say, you know what? I'm just going to let it happen. I'm not going to try to fight it. I'm not going to try to, to, to have that struggle in my head. I'm simply going to count backwards from 21. Hmm. It can be scary, but you're letting yourself have the feelings rather than fighting them. And I think once you realize these are just feelings, they're not going to hurt me. And if I just let them happen and I count down from 21 to zero and realize that I'm fine, you're, you're rewiring the mechanism in your brain, mm-hmm. the brain that's saying these feelings aren't going to hurt me, even though they feel like they are. If you do this, you're just going to learn that it doesn't have an effect on you. Like trying to get a um, the spark plug to throw a different synapse. The, yeah. Is that what mm-hmm. you're trying to read? Yeah. It's, it's like uh, there's a term for it and I'm going to draw a blank right now. Um, just retraining your retraining yeah, your brain. Yeah, there, there's there's definitely a, a term for it. Uh, I ain't listening to you. Yeah, no I'm not I'm not going to come up with it, but I but I'll come back to that. So anyway, this Barry McDonough again is is one of the leading experts, 
And here's the thing. Once you count from that 21 to zero, let the feelings in. Just let it happen. Mm. Whatever it feels like, know that you're going to be okay. Count backwards backwards from 21 to zero. And then once this is passed and once you're back to your normal state, just take seven minutes and just do some relaxation then. Then you focus on your deep breathing. Then you focus on the other tips that I gave you, refocusing your mind, removing yourself from a situation. Mm-hmm. Because now you have control to be able to do it without fighting those feelings. Got it. And again, it does sound counterintuitive, but again, he, he has done a lot of work and I, I, I really like his program. Um, so, so for those of you listening, I'm going to leave a link to his program and full disclosure, um, if you click through this link and, and purchase this program, I do make a little bit on that. Again, full disclosure, just so you know. But I do recommend this. I recommend this to a lot of my clients, and I think it's a very effective method because, like I said, it's hard to fight something when you're in the midst of that panic and, and your brain is just not going to say, okay, I'm in a full-blown panic attack. Let me just do some deep breathing. Sure. It, it's just so hard to, to turn that on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this, this method is has gotten great results and i really i really kind of promote this or recommend this so i know we're getting close to the end here people so i will leave that link in the show notes look for that uh, again show notes on the wherever you listen to the podcast on my youtube or on my facebook i'll have that link for the it's called panic away program and i think that would be very valuable for those of you suffering with anxiety or panic attacks and again, as always, I'm giving away my free hypnosis guide. You can find the links to that as well. In our next episode, we're going to talk about hypnosis gone wrong. I'll just tease that because you might be thinking, uh-oh. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I, I have questions. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> so yes, our next episode is going to be hypnosis gone wrong. So again, thanks for being with me, everyone. Change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, and just please be kind. I'll see you soon. <laughs>